<clears throat> Hello. Hello. Looks Hello. like everybody's live. We're All live. Right. We're late. But we're having a good time. Are we? We are. Well. I had to take. George isn't. But. George is not. I also had to take two Excedrin before I came. So. It's pretty normal when people interact with me that they have to take some Excedrin. Well, I'm gonna Usually go up to it comes Rich, afterwards, so. but you know, you're going to have a preemptive strike. I've been that getting can these too. headaches where I feel like I'd like to spoon my eye out. Well, that is not fun. I've been there, and I think anybody who has sinus issues can identify, and yeah, it's, it's not enjoyable. I haven't spooned my eye out, so that's a win so far. Those who are hearing the audio version of the podcast don't know that. Those who are watching the live stream... <laughs> they can tell that you have not. And those who are just listening to the audio can imagine I have a patch. You're familiar yeah. with that. I am. I am. We'll have to get that back if we ever get out of this <laughs> pandemic. Then the, I have my surgery the, on the, the way. Bring the patch back. Are you still listening to the surgery? Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to have the cataract dealt with. But Ugh. That's not what we're talking it about. It was supposed today. to be this summer, but we had to... Nothing is this summer. Yeah. We had, had to adjust our thinking. We had to, if you will, recalibrate. So I knew you'd reel that in that's somehow. That's what we're going to be looking at talking about today so so how have you been doing this week in the midst of all the craziness of our uh, of our cultural situation and pandemic and everything I else I just told you I wanted to dig my eye out <laughs> if the headache is the worst of your problems then you're true. probably doing better than I've been a doing, lot of Americans today I've been doing okay I have been you know when you see things, especially on social media, and you get to a point where, whether it's your subconscious or something else, that you tend to just uh, brush past things. Like, I wrote an article today, and it said the average American sees anywhere between 6,000 and 10,000 advertisements yeah. a day. So we just naturally learn to kind of, like, tune It becomes white out. noise right. at that point. So it becomes harder for companies to market to people in a way that gets their attention. So I think I've also ended up doing that over time with things like news or movements or Rich just left or um, I don't know, a lot of things. And so I've been I've been taking this time to consciously not do that with certain things. Um, yeah. People posting, you know, on last last Tuesday, um, there was a, a movement where everybody. I, I specifically noticed it on Instagram. Yeah, I specifically yeah. noticed it on Instagram. You'd scroll through Instagram and it was just yeah. black, 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 black. And initially, I, I got it. I did it because I thought I need to take this time to, whatever, to to rethink things. Mm -hmm. um, and usually that wouldn't be something I would do. But like I said last week, this particular situation for some reason has really struck me. Yeah. And so I've tried to take this week to educate myself we talked a little bit about our own circumstances last week and you know as a white woman who you know grew up in a very very small community went to a private college all this i've been i, I have no real education on the reality of some things yeah um so i've tried to take this time to to do that um and maybe recalibrate some of my own thinking um but a lot of things are eye-opening. It's still very difficult to try to differentiate truth from fiction, For sure, or yeah. especially in the world of social media. But I have been trying to take this time to reflect, to stay educated, to try to think about what I can do personally in my own little corner of the world. Mm -hmm. And uh, have you had any uh, any work related to it? Any writing that was yeah? It to? was interesting because you know for the past couple months. Um, 
most of my the the things that the articles that people have wanted have been related to COVID. Hmm. Uh, everything from how to manage remote workers to how to stay safe at home or whatever. And now all of a sudden it's shifted just overnight to, hmm. uh, you know, equal rights and how to stay safe in your home if you're yeah. in an urban community and blah, blah, blah. So it is interesting how quickly things change. And that does, I, I'm grateful for that because whatever's going on in the world, my job kind of allows me to have an interesting internal perspective on it because I have to do research on things mm-hmm. and and then kind of dish it out. And I take a lot of responsibility with that because the things I write are being published online for others to read. Yeah. So I certainly don't want to make a mistake and with something as important as that. And with um, all the research, you know, if it's for cat bandanas, a, I don't really yeah. care. But <laughs> you still can't be a black man in right. America. Exactly. Cool. So it's all like I like one of the prompts for my thing the other day was this website is uh, very targeted toward urban culture and da-da-da. I'm like, well, <laughs> I don't know much about that. So yeah. you they know, picked the right girl to write. Right. For, right? <laughs> so yeah, like you said, I can do all my research, but at the end of the day, am I having the right tone? Am mm. I am I giving the right voice to this? I I don't know. I mean, obviously that's my goal, but yeah. So anyway, it's been very interesting to watch, and as we've seen. You know, you mentioned that that overload effect that that can be counterproductive, mm-hmm. where we hear about a thing so much, and and as I say this, uh, I, I want to caution anybody who's listening not to fall into the trap of thinking I'm I'm in any way diminishing or or, or um, taking away from the seriousness of this, because I'm not. But I, I fear sometimes that. That just the way we approach things becomes mm. that that overload that is counterproductive. I have uh, I've been a race guy for as long as I can remember, and, and and when I say that, I don't mean it the way people might mean it today. But growing up in the '70s, it was just a different mindset. I feel like. At that time, when there was a, still a lot more um, legal, systemic, mm-hmm. endemic racism. Endemic's the wrong word. I think we still have endemic racism because it's innate to our sinful nature. When we have, have bigotry, that's part of just being sinful people. But in the 70s, we were still getting rid of some of the some of the laws and rules that uh, we, we were ferreting out those things and they had been officially removed and by 75 we, you know you're seeing a lot of changes redlining had been had been uh, eliminated and and there were so many more things uh, that still needed to get dealt with besides the 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 legal aspects of it when we're talking about legislation uh, in fact, in the 80s and 90s, it kind of swung back the other way. And the, the push of affirmative action was uh, was actually racism in the opposite direction. We're going to counterbalance this because uh, of, of centuries of injustice. Right. Now we're going to go through a period of time when we're going to... Uh, we're going to still judge by the color of your skin, mm-hmm. but we're going to judge the opposite direction. Which I think led to a lot of the divisiveness that we see today. And I don't mean to get into, you know, various opinions about it, but I think that's why it, it, it sticks with me in this particular sermon 
as we're looking at this topic of recalibration is because it really isn't, it can't be about our opinions, our political mm. perspectives, our our personal experience. We've made everything so heavy on personal experience. And if you don't have that personal experience, then you're wrong. Right. <laughs> and, and, and ultimately, this is part of the postmodern approach to things, that what matters is not truth as an objective reality, but my truth, your truth. We saw this in the Me Too movement. And, right. and I just heard um, uh, it was... Um, it was something from the Colson Center, and it was a forensic uh, uh, detective who just played a quote from Oprah back during the, the, the big push of the Me Too movement uh, two years ago. And basically what Oprah was talking about, she kept saying, my truth, my, you know, I'm so proud of actresses and my experience and your experience. You have to tell your story and your truth. And... He was basically talking about the difference between objective and subjective truth. And Mm -hmm. if it's all a matter of subjectivity, a matter of what the majority of people believe, a matter of what my experience tells me versus what your experience tells me, well, then Hollywood and Harvey Weinstein and all the rest of these people can get off the hook because it's just a subjective thing. It's opinion versus opinion. I used to get... uh... Uh, in arguments in my own marriage about, uh, you know, we'd talk about reality and my reality. This is my reality. But that's not reality. There's one reality. That's right. That's a phrase that we use. Right. It's the same concept. It's fun words, but really not the same thing. When we're talking about uh, objective reality, something that, that is external and objective, is not and cannot be altered by my opinion. And so if we're talking about injustice Mm -hmm. injustice ultimately does not become a matter of opinion or experience i can identify with it or relate to it differently because i've gone through it or have not gone through it in fact i have a friend that i i I need to get in touch with because i just saw recently a post uh from this friend on uh facebook and i only saw i guess it was a series and i saw uh, part of it and this friend of mine um is is a, a a a mixed race woman. She's a black woman, a white mother, and has uh, has, to my knowledge, from talking to her for years and years, not had a particularly, um, how shall I say it, uh, a particularly difficult walk with injustice in our area for mm. her personally. That, and I might have that wrong, but but in all of our times of talking, it's never been something that that was a major topic of conversation. But now she lives in a different area, and it sounds like she's really just recently um, undergone some uh, or endured some real difficulty in mistreatment because of the color of her skin, because Mm. her skin has more melanin than mine does. And I really want to talk to her about that because that changes your perspective when you go through sure, things, sure. right? So it, it's one thing, again, you know, mention it just like the B2 movement. I can look at sexual harassment and assault um, as as a male and right. see it you and, I and are recognize it, right. but not experience it in the same way. Now, I will say I've also undergone those things mm-hmm. as a male mm-hmm. from females in a, in a couple of different situations but even then, that experience as a male is not the same as that experience as a female. Mm-hmm. None of that changes the objective reality 
that those types of things are wrong. They are unjust. They are unrighteous. My fear in our situation, particularly in the church, I don't expect unbelievers to act like believers. I don't expect a non-Christian world to think Christianly. But my fear in the church is that we desperately need to recalibrate not just our thinking about you know, uh, bigotry and so on. I think you'd be hard-pressed to find folks who actually think bigotry is okay, particularly within the church. Yeah, the, the, yes, and probably in a compound somewhere. Sure. You know that that's the that's the anomaly right. that pretty much everybody recognizes as bad. Right. There are subtleties that we don't recognize, but I think all of us would would consciously say when we find these things in us, we need to kill those things mm-hmm. without any question. Mm-hmm. My my fear, my concern with the church is that we, regardless of our position, regardless of where we stand or how we feel or what our experience was, I fear that far too often we allow the culture, the social media, uh, our friends, um, you know, whatever we see on television, to define our thinking, to cause us to think in a particular way. And I, I'm not even espousing one one line of thought or another my my concern my frustration is that we have to be aligned our thinking has to as christ followers it has to anything else is sin has to primarily first and foremost ahead of everything else come from scripture we must think biblically and christianly about justice and I fear far too often that that we in the church end up virtue signaling or rebelling against the virtue signaling of the culture, where where we uh, we either embrace the movement that's going on or we resist the movement that's going on. And in either case, we're not doing that. I fear from a position of saying, "Okay, I'm assessing that." I'm looking at it as objectively as I can. I'm measuring it against Scripture. And no, I think this is wrong. Or I think this is right. Well, that's one reason I thought that the whole Blackout Tuesday movement was actually effective. Because it did, at least for me, it gave me pause. And because at first I was scrolling through Instagram and I was like, all these black screens. And then I thought, I need to stop here Mm -hmm. and and think about this. And I thought, you know, by removing those distractions that I have every single day, whether it be on Instagram or whatever, it kind of forced me to do that, to to think, what do I think about this? What do I need to know about this? Right. How can I be an impactful, important, positive part of this? Um, I was just thinking when you were talking about that, I remember another time I used to work at a, a dental company as their marketing manager, and I would work with... Uh, the advertising agency that made commercials for them and, th- and things. And one year at Christmas, they were thinking about doing a commercial that was going to be nothing. It was going to be a 60 second commercial and it was going to be complete silence. Um, and it was just going to have like maybe a scene of a fire crackling or something, mm-hmm. but complete silence other than that for 60 seconds. And at the very end, it would say this quiet holiday moment brought to you by the dental company. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
the reason being is, especially at the holidays, you hear all this noise, there's so much sure. going on. And so for that, for quiet to come on, if someone's watching their TV or they're doing something else and their TV's on, for it to be quiet for 60 seconds, it'll cause them to look mm. and pay attention to it for just a moment. So I think kind of as Christ followers in this situation that we're going through right now or in any situation that you might not be sure on or, or might not necessarily know what to do or, or how to think or how to answer, taking a moment to stop instead of getting caught up in all of that is can be one of the best things to do. Mm-hmm. And, and, and uh, reflecting it the way Scripture says to reflect it. One of my favorite Scriptures um, along that line is James one twenty one that everyone should be quick to listen, mm. slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And I, I think we're just the opposite right. of that most of the time, and and especially at times like this. There's, I mean, the reality is I don't think there is anybody. I mean, I can't imagine that there is anybody, and I have not encountered anybody personally in the news or anywhere else that looks at what happened with George Floyd and thinks that that's okay. I, I don't know I don't know of anybody and I can't imagine anybody who doesn't look at that and, and just just feel horrified at the injustice of it one way or another. Whatever the details are and we don't know what the details are. We don't know that it's racially motivated. There's there's been no evidence to suggest that it was. We know it was for sure police brutality uh, by what we can see. Whether there are mitigating circumstances, who knows? Was it racism? Maybe. Was it horrible? Yes. But it was horrible for reasons that are very often different than what we think from a worldly perspective. In one way or another, people are really slow to listen and really quick to sweet to to speak or more specifically perhaps to tweet we're going to jump out here and have all kinds of opinions and And when you do that quickly you're more likely to be emotional about it right and then we get angry about whatever anybody else says and so then i've never done (laughs) so then somebody will say you know something that they think is positive but it doesn't go far enough for somebody else and then we all get get angry about it or it goes too far for the other person and and that None of that is helpful. James goes on in the next verse to say, you know, God's, uh, our human anger doesn't bring about the righteous life that God desires. And that's really a huge thing here. I, I want to recommend a podcast to somebody, that I, uh, uh, to everybody that I just discovered, just came across recently. I think I shared it on a couple of different platforms. Uh, it's called the Just Thinking Podcast with Daryl Harrison and... Virgil, I can't remember his last name, goes by Omaha. He's from Nebraska. Anyhow, uh, it's two black pastors who uh, who really uh, are uh, just so sound in their thinking. And one of the things that, that um, Daryl Harrison said in the podcast uh, is that what we're talking about here is not what we all seem to think. What we're, regardless of, of all of the details that we keep coming up with, these issues, what we need is not a solution, but salvation. This is a theological issue. We are are dealing with issues of sin, and what we need is Jesus. We need a Savior. We need to be changed from the inside out. Because regardless of 
all of the calls to defund the police, which is just, it's not even logical in, in some of these things. We just are, are you know, we're going to burn down the house that we're sitting in with so many of these things and promote anarchy. And uh, our uh, website has the, the blog article that I, I just wrote um, late for the newsletter. But anyway, uh, talking about that same thing, that, that there is... There is a balance that we have to have between submitting to authority and resisting um, what is false authority and in, injustice. In, in but whenever it leads to disorder and chaos, then we are in the wrong place. The answer to to the abuse of authority is not anarchy. It, it's not burn down the house. It's not constant revolution. It's not a, a, a Trotsky-like thing. Uh, that that just is uh, over and over again, um, just revolution after revolution after revolution. I don't know why we're losing signal, so uh, I apologize to anybody that just uh, lost the live stream. Anyhow, um, we need to be able to realize what the reality is for us. That is is more than just what is socially determined. So if we are looking at ourselves primarily through a worldly lens, so I, I see myself primarily as an American, as a, uh, a, a, a from the color of my skin, whatever that is, because we all are on the same spectrum of melanin. Some are darker than me, some are lighter than me. Space Jam you know. had a good quote uh, about... Bill Murray said it, I think. Uh, Larry's clear. Yeah, Larry's not white. Larry's clear. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> the, the reality is every single one of us, we have the same body, the same system. I have melanin. You have melanin. Michael Jordan has melanin. Apparently Larry doesn't. But it's just a matter of how concentrated that is in your skin. Some guys are lighter. Some guys are, are darker. Uh, my friend that I mentioned earlier is very light skin. My friend who's a, a cop in Detroit is pretty dark skinned but there are lots of folks much darker and lots of people much lighter uh, I'm a pretty white dude you're whiter I'm, than I I'm am a real you know? so you know you there's some white balancing the, on the screen here <laughs> there's that that's just how it is I told my friend there's a difference between having soul and having melanin the reality is we all are on that same spectrum we're all people and our experiences will always be different but my experience as a uh, as a white person who was born in 1969 and grew up in in Three Oaks, Michigan, on a farm in a small high school, is different than my friend born the same year who grew up in the Grand Rapids or, or in Chicago or Detroit. It's not the same thing, and that has nothing to do with. Well, it has something to do with, but it has. It's not primarily based on these human factors. We all have different experiences. That there's no way around that. My experience in my home is different than my brother's experience in my home. Right. In the same circumstances, but we're different people, different humans. All of us are stained by sin. All of us need a savior. And all of us, if left unchecked, can be guilty of the most heinous of sins. Sometimes outwardly where people see it. Most of the time, inwardly, in our hearts, where people don't see it, but God does. And we need, to, we need to, as the church in particular, make sure that we are not allowing the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, 
our, our social groups, our, our human framework to define our thinking. We have to be calibrated to the truth, the truth not as defined by our experience or by the culture around us, not conformed any longer to the pattern of this world, but transformed by the renewing of our mind. Romans 12.2 is, for me, one of the most important recalibration verses that we can find. I have to surrender my own way of thinking. And again, one of my verses that I always go to that I've mentioned so many times on the podcast before, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. If we get our minds wrapped around God's word, then we renew our mind through that word. We're not pressed into the mold of the world around us any longer and it it recalibrates the instruments which always involves repentance we need to be repentant and when i say that i don't mean blackout tuesday or or kneeling during the national anthem or kneeling before protesters or any of these things we need to be repentant of allowing our thinking to not line up with God's thinking. And that's not a one-time thing. It is a daily, <laughs> right. all the time. Again, first article of Luther's 95 Theses, when Christ called us to repent, he meant this to be a daily lifestyle. This is what we do all the time. Always repenting, always reforming. Semper reformanda. This is the, the reformation of the church that must never stop. That doesn't mean that we change what we believe. What we, the truth is eternal. God's word doesn't change. But what does change is we drift from it. Mm-hmm. We wander and we need to recalibrate. We need to come back and say, wait a minute, my scale is off. I'm starting to think like the world and I need to be thinking like Christ. That's why our, our purpose statement at the church uh, reflecting the the purpose statement that's universal for the the purpose that's universal for the church according to the New Testament, but our statement of that is that we're here to reflect the reality of Christ through relationships. the 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 nature of that we used to say that we want to reflect uh, the love of God, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but that only reflects one aspect of who He is. The reality of Christ is not shaped by my framework. It's not shaped by my experience. There cannot be in reality, there may be in the number of people that are gathered in a particular place, but there is no black church, white church, Jewish church, whatever. All of this, if we're going to be the people of God, is that we are surrendered to him. We have, in view of God's mercy, made ourselves a living sacrifice. We have received the grace of God given to us in Jesus Christ, that he died for us because we are inherently, in our deepest core, stained through every part of us, depraved, twisted, corrupted by sin, which leads to all of these other problems. That's why there is absolutely no social solution that will ever fix racism. It won't happen. It can't happen. As long as there are humans, there will be sin. In the same way that we cannot socially fix by legislation all of the the things that can go wrong with, uh, with relationships as far as sexual harassment and assault and so on. Can't do it. Gun control can't stop murder. That 
It can never work that way because it's in us. When Noah was saved through the flood on the ark, when he got off the ark, he went and sinned because he brought the sin with him. It was inside of him. So there, there is a reality that, that we need social structures, we need authority structures to be able to keep us in check. And that's, what, uh, that's why God gives us government. That's why he allows authority structures to be in place the way they are, to restrict evil, to be able to, to restrain these things and uh, help keep things in check. It can't in itself give life. And far too often we are trying to think like the world and get God's results. Well, we can't get God's results unless we give God control. He's got to have he's got to be have the steering wheel and be driving the ship. Jesus take the wheel. Literally. <laughs> and if we're still sitting in the front seat trying really hard to be the driver, then we could be thinking we're making real good time and we'll always end up the late arriver. It's a song by Kentucky Faith back in the day. Uh, Say, you rhymed so, that quite yeah, well. Yes, it's, it's not mine. Uh, I grew up listening to it from Dallas home, but Kentucky Faith started it back in the 70s. But it, it it's a powerful reality when I get myself out of that front seat mm-hmm. and, and I let the chief do the driving. That's but, hard to do. It is, which is why we have to constantly right. recalibrate. Right. We have to constantly repent. We have to to over and over and over and over again say, "Whoa, wait, wait a minute, I'm I'm veering away from here." From- right. It starts out easy enough, and then you creep into the passenger seat and try to tell them what to do, yeah. and then you eventually want to say, "Oh, just let me, just well, let me handle this. <laughs> I know better." Some of the some of the hymns of the faith, the the great hymns of the faith, can speak to these things so powerfully, and and. One of my favorite verses in all of hymnody is from uh, Come Thou Fount of Every Blessing when the, the hymn writer says, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the one I love. Here's my heart, take and seal it. Seal it to thy courts above. It, the, the natural way of self. Of, of, I, can, I can say that with authority from the scripture. I can say that as my truth to mock what we said earlier um, because it is my experience that I I wander so quickly and so easily I get distracted I, I let other things become shiny more, more of a draw right. than the scripture whatever the latest podcast is I can hear that podcast and I'm like oh man I'm really connected with it and I hear another podcast I'm like, oh wow I really good so why do we get so confused because we listen to all these other voices. Mm-hmm. But if we can calibrate our thinking instruments to the, to the regulative standard of God's word so that all of our thinking must line up with his word, period. Well, what about when it doesn't make sense? Even more so then. That's when we have to. If God's word isn't making sense to me, something is not right, right. and it isn't God's word. It's something in me that isn't lined up right. And in our current society especially, I feel like more than ever, we are inundated with voices yeah. and and conversations and just so much noise. There's a lot. And, Back to what you said earlier. Right. And uh, so if you're going to tune things out, tune out the right thing. And the reality is people will. Right. And, and 
and we talked about that even when we were, you know, when we were doing all the online stuff uh, during this pandemic, and we still can't meet in person in Michigan in, in, in large groups. And so, well, we don't want to have so much stuff that we're putting out there on social media that it becomes white noise, that it's a waste of time. And yet there is so much out there. We want to provide positive content. Mm-hmm. We want to be able to get people seeing God's word as it is, mm-hmm. not following the culture. We don't want to get sucked into politics. And even as I say that, I don't want anybody to hear me saying that that, that racial injustice or bigotry is a political issue. It is not. That's one of the things that bothers me is we've turned it into a political issue. It is a sin issue. It is 100% wrong, unjust, ungodly, uh, abhorrent, wicked, evil. No question about it. And it does not matter what the color of your skin is. If you are living in that, you are living in sin. If you are a black person judging you know, a yellow person or a red person judging a pink person. It doesn't matter. Or a white person judging another white Jew or a white, you know, whatever. It does not matter what it is. When we begin to see image bearers of God, that's the thing that, that should be killing us when we see these unjust things happening. The man on the ground had his life snuffed out as an image bearer of God. This is someone who who was created in God's image. And the one who snuffed that life out, who stole that life from him, was also one who bears God's image. Mm-hmm. And we need to be asking the question, was George Floyd saved? Not, was this a terrible thing? Because if he wasn't saved, then his condition now is worse than it was prior. And if he was, then with all the injustice in the world, he is he is receiving the reward of a life given to Christ. Mm-hmm. All of the goodness and, and grace that God has in Christ, everything that's true of Christ is true of him. So I don't know. I, I, that's not an answer that I can have. But that needs to be where, as Christ followers, our thinking is. Not so much uh, the identity that we have in this world, but who are we? Are we truly God's ambassadors here where God is making his appeal through us because we represent him in this world? Or are we more, as I heard somebody say today, Christ admirers, Mm. where we see Jesus and we kind of like Jesus, and and, and maybe we can say things like, oh, yes, we love Jesus, but, but we're not going where he's going, doing what he's doing, seeing people the way he sees people. If we're not doing that, we need to repent. We need to realign our thinking to line up with God's truth. And that's, you know, in Acts 11, that was the, the whole reason that this became such a focus. It, it is in Acts 11, that's what's happening. The church got it wrong. And they had what amounts to bigotry going on. All Gentiles, if you're not a Jew, it's bad, bad, bad. You know, right? You're, you're lesser people because God has chosen us. And these are regenerate God-fearing people that, that are saying this. But the difference between the regenerate and the unregenerate is when God upends your thinking, the Holy Spirit in you says, praise God, mm-hmm. I was wrong. I repent of that, and I'm going to realign myself to your word. Far too often in the history of the church, we've had people not do that, which leads me to believe that those folks, not that I can make that call they answer to god not to me but 
if God sends conviction and I don't respond to it, I have to wonder what I'm doing in, in my life. Well, you know, to, to borrow from Ben Affleck, what are we even doing here? You know, that's, um, this is... This is a reality that we have to check in ourselves. And if we're going to reflect the reality of Christ, God's truth has to. It must upend our way of thinking, period. Whatever else I think, if I identify as a, a black man, a, you know, a same-sex attracted individual, a, a, uh, an Asian American, if I think of myself through my profession, if I find myself uh, identified by my marital status, whatever that is, I have to slay that. That's an idol. If I see myself as first and foremost an American, believe me, I, I am a patriotic person. I love the flag. I love the United right, States of America. Right, but if someone says, who is but, Rich Zeiger? And the, and the first you know, three things you list are... I'm an American, I'm a pastor, I'm a this, then you're kind of missing the point. And even beyond that conscious level of thinking right. where, where, you know, I would never say that I value anything above God. Right. But in, it's just, in how I'm living right. and how I'm thinking, the the reasons for the things I come up with will reveal who I think I am, how right. I see reality. And our paradigms have to shift. They have to be shattered so that we are seeing things through the lens of Scripture more than anything else. I think a good way to end this, since we're way over time again. Oh, um, yes, we sure are. <laughs> uh, we've talked a few, we've brought come back and forth to the idea of uh, recalibration throughout this, this podcast. And I think that starts, correct me if, if you think I'm wrong, I think it's raining. Um, and my windows are down. Oh, good. We'll wrap this up. <laughs> I think that starts with reflection. It does. And yeah. it requires an examination of ourselves. Right. And, and, you know, interestingly, a lot of that examination and reflection gets forced upon us. You know, that right. God intervenes and says, you know, says, hey, I'm, I'm trying to talk to you. And we don't listen. Right. God says, hey, I'm trying to talk to you. And we don't listen. He says it a little louder. And eventually, he smacks us upside right. the head. You and know? you mentioned earlier, you know, aside from our physical beings here, I don't often ask myself this enough. Who are, who am I? Mm-hmm. Who are we? And I think that's a, if you all want some homework, that's a good question to yeah. to sit down and ask yourself, who am I, really? There's a book on that topic that I, and there are several. I highly recommend a book by Neil Anderson. Uh We've talked about that lots of times personally. Uh, Victory Over the Darkness. Mm-hmm. It is often classified as a spiritual warfare book. It's really a, a, a discipleship book. It's understanding who you are in Christ. Uh, I strongly recommend reading the book of Ephesians. The first three chapters are focused heavily on what does it mean to actually be in Christ? Who are you? And the the latter three chapters, it's a six-chapter book, uh, the latter three chapters of Ephesians are, if I'm in Christ, here's what that looks like in terms of obedience, here's how I treat people, here's my relationships. But it does not focus on, here's how you behave so that you can be a Christian. Right. Here's what a Christian is. I am seated with Christ in the heavenly places. I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ. The, the reality of who we are as reconciled people, reconciled to God and therefore reconciled to one another in Christ, as those people... Here's then how I live. Mm-hmm. It's the indicative before the imperative. Mm-hmm. It's the the position before the practice. And, and I ro- strongly recommend wrestling with that question in light of the book of Ephesians as sort of a, an encapsulation of that. And then also I strongly recommend Dr. Anderson's book. All right. Well, we will stop there for today. Um, 
I've enjoyed this discussion. Again, I know we're kind of still dealing with all of this stuff that's going on in the world, but just so happens to kind of tie into what we're talking about in apps here. Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting accident, right? So accident, as if God didn't already know, and that and that's I guess one of the things that that we often do, and I, we've already closed this podcast twice now. Um, <laughs> one of the things that we often do is is we fall into this trap of separating our theology from our practice, separating the the scriptures from everyday real life. And the reason that we have this podcast, and even the reason we do it in this format, is because we want to connect the reality of God to the realities of everyday life. Mm -hmm. We live in certain realities. The reality of your experience is what it is. And if we think the Bible doesn't connect with that, then we haven't read it honestly. And we're going through the book of Acts. That's all we're doing. And we're seeing Peter having his own mind recalibrated and repenting, which then leads to this picture in Acts 11 of the entire church, or you know, the preponderance of the church here, which was all Jewish at that time, realizing, wait, we got this wrong. Right. Everything that we've known our whole lives and generations before us, we got this wrong. God wants Gentiles. He's always wanted the Gentiles. He is the God of all nations, and he's always wanted all of us to come to repentance. Our job is not to be corrupted by the world, not to become like the Gentiles, but to win the Gentiles. That's the whole issue of racial reconciliation. And in the podcast that I mentioned earlier, just thinking, they talked about the fact that races don't reconcile. They can't. For one thing, it doesn't exist. But People reconcile. Reconciliation happens among people. Our hearts have to be reconciled to God. When that happens, that's when we see real change take place. Yes, we have to have good laws. Right now, all of the things that we're talking about, all of the injustices are actually illegal in the United Mm -hmm. States. So that's really less the issue than once you've got those laws in place, what are you going to do about the people who live under those laws. The people have to change. And I have to change me. I can't change anybody else. Well, we'll stop there. For real this time. (laughs) For real, real. Uh, Thank you guys for listening. Uh, If you have any questions or want to uh, leave a comment, you can do so on our Facebook page. Send us an email at somethingreal at reallifeonline.org. Or I'm not asking people for voicemails anymore, so eh. whatever. Uh, if it's easier and they would like to, they can call the church no, at don't. 269-756-RLCC and leave a voicemail there. Yes, too. you can do that. And uh, these are things, obviously, as we just touched on, that they're going to keep coming up uh, in, for sure. in the Word. Until and, Jesus comes back. Right. So it's a, it's a never-ending conversation here. So if you have any questions or comments to add, we will talk about them. Indubitably. And Rich is going to go roll up his windows, so we will see you guys later. Word. And yes, I just said word. Word.